Recovering from knee surgery is highly variable. It was going to take forever to get better if I was ever going to get better. There's got to be something out there besides a CPM machine, which and clearly isn't helping get me. Active and aggressive with this thing, or I was going to. Need you know, I'm a guy that's not looking to relieve the pain. I'm a guy that's looking to get back in the game. That downtime was not what I wanted. We've spent the last seven years perfecting the recovery system that takes variability out of knee rehab so you can quickly get back to your life. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Okay, this is PJ Ewing, and I am an X10 knee recovery coach in New York. And we are here to do the Bees Knees podcast, an interview with uh, Dr. Michael Kenny, who is in Texas and who has had a knee replacement uh, recently and is going to share his learnings, thoughts, knowledge um, about his experience with us all. And I'll try to ask smart questions, but clear the floor for you to, uh, to enlighten us on what it was like to go through this whole process yourself. So, Michael, let's go with um, you telling us about your background, where you grew up, you know, your career, what you do, that, that kind of stuff. Well, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, I've lived in the Dallas area all my life. And I'll be 68 years old in about three weeks on Christmas Eve. So wow. um been here a long time. You have been there all your life. You are a, a dentist. Well, tell us Correct. about that practice. Well, I started out in general dentistry and did that for years. Um, that kind of morphed into um, hospital nursing home dentistry. And then in 2011, I met some gentlemen who wanted to start a dental sleep medicine clinic, and I got involved with them. I've done that exclusively now for almost seven years. Uh, we treat sleep mm -hmm. apnea and snoring with an oral appliance. And... Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been very rewarding. I think I need a conversation with you about that, <laughs> about the sleep right. part. To be honest, right. I, I think yeah, it's a it's, simple it's, it's a simple way to treat it because it's very conservative. It's uh, it's something certainly that uh, is non-invasive. You just use an oral appliance, and uh, right. it's it's, uh, it's very effective unless there's severe apnea involved. And that's that's kind of a life-changing thing for a lot of people. I would think. I mean, lack of sleep is a terrible thing yeah yeah and apnea is terrible it's uh, it's something that can actually kill you <laughs> but it affects blood pressure it affects the heart uh, arrhythmias uh, a good number of cardiologists in the dallas area are having their patients um, do a sleep study before they do any elective procedure and i think that's very wise because a good number of people have undiagnosed sleep apnea they know they snore, but they're unaware of the fact that they stop breathing during sleep. And when you're not getting sufficient oxygen during sleep, that can affect the brain and affects, um, you know, a lot of body systems in a very negative way. Wow. I don't know a lot about it, but I'd like to offline. We'll talk about that some more, I think. Uh, yeah. I'm coming down, Dr. Kenny. I'm coming down to Texas. Right. I, need, I need your help, I think. Well, we can help you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay, so you you grew, you grew up. You're are you a Cowboys fan? Am I guessing? Oh yeah, how can you not be? 
you know. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Dallas, I was a Dallas Texans fan. Uh, they became the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't like the Cowboys. And it really bummed me that the Texans moved to Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, I've been a – I was a Tom Landry fan, a Cowboys fan, and, and I still am. I'm a, it's the home of college football, football, really, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people want to claim that. But uh, <laughs> having watched all of Friday Night Lights multiple times, I, I, I know that the high school environment in football plus college and pros is it's alive and well in your part of the it world. It really is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, tell us what happened here. You ended up finding out over time, and I don't know the, the length of time, that you needed – work on your knee, and uh, so right. is there a history of the knee that you can tell us about at all? Well, you know, I did things when I was younger that I thought were good for me, trying to stay in shape and doing manly things, but, you know, I uh, I ran a lot. I ran on the pavement. Some people can do that for a lifetime and not have problems, but I was just uh, genetically predisposed, I do believe, to, to knee issues, and um, I had three scope surgeries over the years for torn menisci and um, my cartilage was just, has just been pretty much worn away. And uh, that led to a lot of discomfort. What's interesting is on the radiograph on the x-ray, my left knee uh, has less cartilage than my right knee. My right knee was replaced September 11th, but the right knee was more problematic. I mean, I had more pain and more problems with the right knee. The left certainly will be next. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, I'm going to catch my breath a bit before I delve into that. Could you see on the x-rays then, were they similar? It's just that one hurt more in terms of the wear? They, they were similar. However, the left actually looked worse. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I visited, one of my best friends as an orthopedic surgeon has probably done more hips and knees in Dallas than in anybody. And I play golf with this guy every Friday morning. He retired last spring, or he would have been the guy to do my knee. Mm, yeah, uh, I was playing. I was planning on it after you know at the end of the summer, early fall. He did an X-ray of it and um, and looked and said, "Oh, yeah, no wonder. Look, you're missing all this car." I mean, he's looking at my left knee. I said, "Yeah, but uh, Phil, it's <laughs> my right knee that's really killing me." And so when I ended up with a guy who ultimately did my knee replacement. He, he did the same thing. He says, oh, this looks bad. And he was looking at my left knee. Because when they do the x-ray, you've got both your knees, you know, in a bent position initially, and, that, and they're taking – they can see both, uh, both knees on the x-ray. So, How long does that take to do the x-rays usually? Oh, not long. Not long at all. Okay. Um, Ten minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. And that's going to tell the, tell the story – so both surgeons looked at it. They said left looks more problematic, but let's, you decided the right was where you needed the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the right was a real problem. I mean, if I was immobile for a period of time, you know, sitting in a restaurant for dinner or riding somewhere in the car, I would have to get out and stand for a minute before I could start ambulating, before I could start walking. It was just uh, it didn't feel like it would support me. So I knew the right knee had to have – I needed to have something done. And uh, so we pulled the trigger on that in September. You know, I was looking for somebody to possibly do both knees at the same time. Um, my friend, the surgeon, said he didn't advise it. And the guy who replaced my knee said he did not, didn't advise it either. So, um, Which is yeah. surprising to me. You're a, a healthy, athletic person. 
And what was the logic behind not going with both at once? Just increased risk of infection, the, the problems with clot formation, and honestly, I can't remember the other things. They Oh, well, compromised rehab, they said. Uh, and I would have to, they said I would have to go to a rehab facility instead of coming home after surgery. And I would, I'd tell you after going through it, I would, I would agree with that. I can't see how I could possibly come home when my wife, just my wife helping me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled by the uh, one thing that you said, which is the increased risk of infection Mm -hmm. because it's one longer surgery I've had I've heard of two surgeons working on each on one knee at the same time, but oftentimes right. it's one surgeon doing one then doing the other. Um, yeah. But why would it be an increased risk of infection from a medical perspective? Well, why? Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, I've done third molars with some teeth in the past, and you know, three of the four would do fine, and then you'd have a, a dry clot or an infection in one. And why is that? <laughs> it was all done in the same operatory with the same technique by the same surgeon. Uh, I, I really can't answer that question. Um, it's a puzzle. Yeah. 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 That, that was yeah, the information I, I was given. And, um, and I went with sure. it because the, the guy I picked, um, I did research on minimally invasive and found a guy who uses the Mako robotic system. And the robotic arm uh, helps the surgeon to actually do a virtual replacement before he goes into your knee. They do the, the 3D um, CT scan, and the um, MAKO system allows him to have, you know, set parameters, and he knows the boundaries, and it's a pretty cool system. So they're able to do it without going into the quad tendon very much at all, and that's one of the things that's very uncomfortable postoperatively is the incision into the quad tendon, quadricep tendon. Does that mean you have a striker knee in you? I think striker I is part of Mako. Yeah. Correct. I've heard, Correct. I mean, it's not just heard. I know that Mako has been very successful for a lot of people. It was just for partials for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And now it's done for, you know, totals as of last summer. I guess, no, was it two summers ago? Um, it's actually available now for, um, uh, you know, full total knee replacement, I guess, versus the yeah, partial. Yeah, this this guy, Dr. Charles Rutherford in Dallas, has been doing it for longer than that. Right. Um, but uh, and he's done a good number of them. So I kind of checked them out. So my friend, uh, Dr. Phil Berry here in Dallas, has done so many. I mean, this guy had medical doctors coming into Dallas to have him do it. And he needed the mayor of Dallas. A lot of prominent people would check out the best surgeon, and that's who they'd go to. And I don't know. You know, I'm... I'm pleased with the result I got. Dr. Berry's Zim, uh, Zimmer, as opposed to Stryker, I guess they all have their kind of, uh, you know, their favorite prosthesis or whatever. But so far, the Stryker's working well for me. <laughs> anyway. That's great. Was there any conversation about the actual knee that went in, or was it just a sizing thing? We're going with Stryker. We're using Mako. Or was there any decision making that you had to, to go through? No. For the hardware? No. No. No, I kind of, no, I kind of knew going in. You know, because I'd researched this guy and talked to a couple of people about him, and um, I felt. And after, you know, my wife went with me um, to the visit, and we both felt so very comfortable after the visit with both the doctor and his staff. And uh, good guy. 
Rutherford, right? Is the Rutherford, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's probably exclusively Mako that he uses, I would guess, for for almost all of his patients, if not all. As far as as I know, that's the only thing. Yeah, the only thing we discussed. That's becoming increasingly. I mean, it's an expensive unit that the hospital buys and surgeons get access to, and um, Mm -hmm. we we've got some doctors in Michigan and Florida that we really love that also use the Mako system. And we see, you know, really nice results, you know, not absolutely 100%, but, but really good results coming out where we can get to work on, on our recovery, you know, pretty quickly. Right, um, right. So high recommendations for Dr. Rutherford. Uh, sure. What was the hospital? Medical City, Dallas. I was there for one night. He did it um, one morning. I went home the next afternoon. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel uh, when you got home? Were you st- under still kind of feeling the effects of the pain meds and the blocks and the yeah anesthesia? and um, yeah I thought man this isn't going to be very bad at all and, <laughs> and all that starts wearing off and it's like whoa baby it um, yeah it was a little more of a challenge than I was anticipating my, you know I saw my mom go through it when she was in her early 80s she lived to be almost 95 and. I thought I'd be tough like her, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it brings story. us all down. Yeah, it brings us yeah. all down. The what was the? I, I hear that it's day three. That's the big, the toughest day. Would you agree with that, or was it? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. You know, everything's pretty much worn off, and that's when you, uh, you know, you, you do have swelling, you have discomfort, and you have limited mobility. And I would, I would tend to agree with that. In the hospital, was there much physical therapy that you did in that sort of brief stay? A little, yeah. Um, they had me get up and use a walker and walk around, which, God, that was bad. <laughs> and then they had a group of us go into a room. There were a couple of hips and I think three knees, and they had the the therapist kind of go over, you know, what we should do at home and, and actually had us do, well, of course, they split us up, but we did different exercises, and which at that point in time, even though I was still, t- you know, taking pain meds, it was very, very uncomfortable. You know, I, I'll let me say this: it was all worth it. You know, I'm making it sound. I, I'm crying a little bit here, but that was just in the the first few days. It 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 got better every day. I'll never forget. Uh, about a week into it when I went, before I got the X10, I went for outpatient therapy and, and I, you know, I was still using a walker and there was an older gentleman there who was walking out with a slight limp and he said, don't worry, it gets better. Right. And he was absolutely right. And it didn't take long. I mean, I was amazed, especially using the X10. I mean, that just, um, that really propelled my uh, rehab. So, for those that are uninitiated to this X10, how would you describe this thing? What, what is it? How does it work? Well, it's absolutely amazing. I wish I knew exactly how it works because some geniuses put this thing together, I'm sure. But uh, there's a plate that your the bottom of your foot goes onto. You fully extend your, your uh, leg or there's a pad on the front of the shin, a, pad, a roller pad on the front of the shin, a roller pad on the back of the leg. Uh, on the lower leg and it will guide you through range of motion and somehow the X10 will sense resistance so if you've got swelling if you've got discomfort and there's resistance as you're going through the range of motion it won't push you 
it won't push you. You know, and you you can have a preset parameters, so it's going to keep you from going too far too soon. Um, one of the found, things I found easier to do was extension. Extension was easier than flexion. So getting fully extended into, you know, like what we would call what, zero, when, when you are completely extended, mm-hmm. was much easier to achieve than getting back into flexion. I think when I first got it, you know, 90 degrees of flexion was that hurt. It really hurt. But, um, you know, I was told to, to try and go, you know, try to get three degrees additional per day. Um, overall, I did, but I didn't get three degrees every day. Um, it's it's like anything. You've got kind of ups and downs, and I think, um, you know, I, I think there were a couple of days when I didn't increase, well, maybe I didn't increase at all, but from day one to day 18, I was able to go from 90 degrees to 130 degrees. So on the last day I had the X10, I was able to achieve 100, 130 degrees flexion. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's, and I that's was, amazing. I was, yeah, I was thrilled with that. So when I went in for my post-operative visit, uh, Dr. this was hmm, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, he asked me to pull my leg back. And I did. And he said, now extend your leg. And he goes, that's really good. And I had told his um, his PA about the X10 before I had the surgery. And I said, please tell Dr. Rutherford about it. And he asked me about my rehab. And I said, well, I've been using the X10. And I looked at her because I made the assumption she had told him that I could tell by, by the look on his face and look on her face that she had not. So when I went in for my last rehab, I, I wrote it down and gave it to him. I said, this is really uh, worth looking into. Um, she just thought it was another, another CPM, you know, just another, you know, what's around for a reason. So, right. Yeah. Well, we have that battle all the time. And uh, it is people like you, Michael, that are propelling us at this point in our business, to be honest, because we're not marketing, we're not advertising, we're not uh, doing much other than, you know, uh, sharing stories like this, I think. And um, we're about to get a little bit more aggressive when it comes to reaching out to surgeons. And, and in fact, I know that we're going to call on Dr. Rutherford uh, mm-hmm. going forward just to see if we can, you know, build an, the opportunity to, to work with him. But it's, it's uh, people telling people, friends, referrals, mostly. Uh, but you found us on the Internet, I think, right? That's, That's what you correct. Guys That's right. Yeah, I did. And, and it was what, why? Why would you kind of go off page and start looking for your own recovery solutions versus just trust Dr. Rutherford or, or any surgeon and their you know recommendations? Well, I guess I kind of went off page seeking the solution as far as the surgery is concerned because mm-hmm. his technique is a bit different than you know a good a good number of of orthopedists here in Dallas because I've talked to a few. Um, so, you know, doing the technique with the robotically assisted arm and so on. But when I was researching that, I started looking at knee rehab and I kept clicking on knee rehab and that's how I happened upon the X10 and, you know, some of the testimonials and I was very impressed with it. So, you know, when I, (laughs) when I made my first call, it's sort of like, the prompts on the on the phone. If you're in Texas, you're kind of like out of luck kind of deal. But fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I was able to talk to you. 
Uh, right. Right. And that's uh, yeah. And that so that opened the door, thankfully, and I'm very grateful for that, by the way. Um, and I know there are a lot of other people here in Texas will be very grateful when you can expand into this market. As far as advertising is concerned, you know, the word gets out quick. When somebody has a very positive experience like I have and like a lot of other people have, the word gets out pretty quickly. And um, I think a lot of surgeons are going to be hearing more and more from their patients about it. Um, yeah. Well, that's we're going to help that along with, with more insurance coverage and approaching Medicare and other other things. But, you know, you know, this podcast, this story, your recovery will be dated, let's hope, in a year where we're robustly tackling Texas and we have a broader coverage. So this is a little bit of a moment in time. But I, you know, you are a real pioneer for us in, in your state. And mm-hmm. it's been really nice to have, have your support. Um, tell me um, a little bit of what it was like in a traditional day on the X-10. You know, your day 10... What, what, how do you approach your day, and how do you approach using the tool itself? Okay. Well, my typical day, I would get up and have my cup of coffee, and um, my wife makes us a green smoothie with uh, <laughs> a Nutribullet. Um, it's got all kinds of stuff in it. It's not very tasty. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> no turmeric, ginger root, I mean, a lot of greens and stuff like that. So I'd start out with that because I think nutrition is so important. I mean, it's important daily, but especially when you're in the healing phase postoperatively. I might back up a minute and and just say that as far as nutrition is concerned, my good friend Dr. Berry would check D3 levels on patients before they would do elective surgery because vitamin D3 is just uh, of utmost importance regarding um, bone health and healing. It even helps with musculoskeletal pain. I mean, the research supports that. So anyway, I've been taking, I knew my D3 levels were really good. We take nutritional supplements. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, Dr. Cooper at the Cooper Clinic here in Dallas, uh, I worked there before I went to Baylor Dental College, uh, said, well, if you want more expensive urine, take that kind of stuff. Well, now he sells the Cooper Complete Vitamins. You would think he invented the whole thing. So so a lot of guys like that have gotten on board with nutrition. Um, so, okay, so I get up, have my cup of coffee, my green drink, and get on the, the X-10 early morning and do my session, which um, sometimes I would have it set for 35 to 40 minutes, and I would keep adding minutes to it. And it would typically be somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour. And I would do it again midday, and then I would uh, do it again in the late evening. So I would do it three times a day every day and mm-hmm. uh, intermingle or commingle with that i did a little bit of um, outpatient therapy and the ladies there were saying oh, you're you're really doing well you're doing great and you know i told them about it uh of course what they were doing was a little bit different than what i was doing here but it was kind of good just to get out of the house my wife would drive me up there because you get cabin fever pretty quickly yeah but the, the x10 was just absolutely great I'm a golfer, and we live on a golf course, and fortunately, we had a lot of rainy days after my uh, surgery, so it made it less painful for me to look out and know that I could be playing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, have you returned to golf at this point? Oh, I have. I returned to golf probably before I was supposed to, 
That's when I went in for my six-week follow-up to Dr. Rutherford. I said something about playing golf. He said, you're not supposed to be playing golf. And I said, oh, really? Well, I have been. <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, How long do you like think it took? How many weeks? Be, oh, before I got until... picked in the golf? Uh, yeah. I was, out there. I, was, I was actually out there, believe it or not, before – well, it was right before the four-week the four mark. Which I okay. know sounds kind of ridiculous. It was a lot of arm swinging, you know. Yeah. I mean, but it, it did, honestly did not take that long, and for that I'm very grateful. But um, yeah, it, it just—I don't know. It felt great being out. You know, the challenge was kind of walking down hills, but I had a, a buddy who was kind of helping me out. But, but you know, it didn't take long. We've had patients who did both knees and had that goal of four weeks, and we didn't always get there. I think. For two knees at four weeks, it's, you're not quite stable, and the strength may have waned a little bit, even with the X10. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, but, but we, clearly, that maybe that validates your decision a little bit to do one knee and then a, a second at another point because, yeah, maybe. You, know, yeah. you, you got back up there. Able, yeah, and I was able to go back into my office on the, well, it was the third, it was 21 days. It was, it was three weeks after I went back to the office. I just, I did half days during that third week. And then mm-hmm. uh, starting fourth week, I, I went back to my normal schedule. Now, did I feel like it? No, not really. I'd rather have stayed home. But I felt it was pretty important for me to kind of get back in the swing of things. The most challenging thing I found at that point was just um, a lack of energy. Um, the surgery can and most likely will make you somewhat anemic, um, you, you do lose some blood. And so my wife and I went out to dinner with Dr. Barry and his wife. This is probably after three weeks. And I was telling him about, he says, well, you're, how much iron are you taking? And I said, well, I'm not taking iron. He said, they didn't tell you to take iron. I said, no. He said, you need to get on it right away. And so I've been taking iron every day since then. And it's boosted my energy levels. Really? Um, you can yeah. feel it. Oh yeah, definitely. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Iron is a part of the hemoglobin, and that's a part of the oxygen transport system. And if you're deficient, you're not going to be trans- transporting oxygen as efficiently. So it, it made sense to me. I, he said, well, in our, uh, they do this little class with patients before they did surgery. Like I said, he's retired, but he's still involved with his group. And he said, we always tell people to be, you know, on an iron supplement, you know, following surgery. So the, the challenge with iron is it can affect the GI tract where it can it can constipate you. So mm. my wife and I have taken psyllium husk fiber for years in the evenings, and um, I think it's a real good colon cleanser. And I just added a little bit more to my evening drink, and um, and it, so it's not a problem. Is your wife going to share that recipe with us? I could put it on the. The well, she, absolutely, she can. As a matter of fact, a part of the greens, she goes out in her little garden and, and picks outside and rinses it off and, and throws it in. It's not the tastiest thing in the world, but, it, I, you know, it just it feels right. It feels healthy. <laughs> but, uh, right, I mean, right. Uh, turmeric, ginger, um, she uses, oh, my gosh, kale. What else? Spinach. Um but, yeah, no, mm, I yeah. can find out from her everything she puts in it. Do that. So we'll we'll add that to the show it. page. So when people click, uh, if they're listening to the podcast, they can click and they'll go right to the, the page oh, and yeah. we'll have that recipe. That, that's great. Oh, fun. 
I love it. See, we're going all Good. kinds of different directions here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Super. Um, this is so helpful. I, you know, I haven't discussed iron with anyone before, and it's now so obvious and so important, and you've just validated. I mean, of course, the opioids do cause constipation, so that's a common you know, issue yeah. for a lot of people. Um, so True. being mindful of that, you know, getting your energy back, I mean, that's a, that's a challenge. A lot of, this is a big deal, the surgery even though we're minimizing the recovery times and you're in and out in a day, some are in and out the same day. Um, but yeah. there are, there are some smart moves to make along the way here. That's, that's great advice. Getting back to the opioids and constipation, um, mm. psyllium whole husk fiber, not, I, we don't go for the flavored stuff. It's just psyllium whole husk fiber. And, you know, you put a teaspoon to a tablespoon depending on your needs yeah, I just do it with water. My wife has a little uh, concentrated cranberry juice with hers, but um, it's it's effective. And, uh, Excellent. That's all I need. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's see. You're uh, we're in the home stretch here. You had a okay. coach. Did you use your X10 coach much along the way, or not a lot? That? No. Um, I ha- no. I mean, I spoke to Tricia on occasion. I mean, she was available certainly. Um, and, and helpful when I talked to her. Um, I probably should have, oh, I don't know. I did fine. I, I probably could have utilized her more, but, uh, you know, sure. the, the machine the machine is pretty simple and pretty straightforward. And, and she told me at what point in the recovery process I should start doing additional uh, things on the X10. And uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it really is amazing, everything that's been uh, thought of in designing this machine. But um, I think it's absolutely did you do much, much on the Did you do much on the strengthening front, or was it mostly range of motion that you stopped? You did? Oh, no, I, I started doing, yeah. Yeah, I did. You know, we do the quad strengthening and uh, eccentric, concentric. So, yeah, I did that. Maybe after I'd been using it uh, for range of motion for a week or so, she told me I could start doing the strengthening. Let me go through the timeline for a second. You get home. How many days did you have before the X10 was there? Okay. I got home on a Wednesday. I got the X10 the following Monday. Right. Okay. So you're up to your own devices. You went to outpatient care. You got on the X10 at 90 degrees. You made that great progress. So seven days in. So you were probably 10 to 12 days post-surgery before you started to do any strengthening. Would that be about right? Yeah, I think that's correct. Okay. It's a big conversation that we're having about that exact topic Mm -hmm. because we believe and we have proven that you can start strengthening on the early side of things, but you can't Mm -hmm. start at the beginning. I mean, you've got to get your range of motion back. There's a lot going on. We don't want to put too much pressure on the knee joint, of course. So it's... um, uh, there's a lot of thinking going on in terms of, and patients are a little bit different, but we just don't want to start it too early, but we want to get it. We want to take advantage of the fact that you have this beautiful machine in your home and it can do strengthening in addition to that range of motion, but you got your strength back. Well, let's see, do, well, how about this? How far post-surgery are we right now? Almost what? 11 weeks, I guess. 11 weeks. Do you have your full strength back or is it still lagging? Would you say? I would say that my my I'm as strong as I was right before the surgery because I had I had some muscle atrophy you know prior 
muscle atrophy over the last couple of years because I was just kind of putting it off. And, um, you know, I just wasn't using my legs like I could. You got it. You get your back to pre-surgery strength now, you'd say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when, how about when do you think you got there? How many weeks do you think it took to get to your pre-surgery strength? Any, I mean, you may not know. I'm just, mm, I'm just yeah, it's kind of hard that. to say, but I started doing, okay. like you, you had suggested, I started doing the stationary bike. And um, I think probably, I mean, I started doing that right after I finished with the X10. And on the stationary bike, I do it where my, I have just a very slight bend in my uh, knee when I'm doing my workout. But at the very end of the workout, I, I push the seat down to where I force myself into flexion with the pedals. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's it's still just a little uncomfortable, but I force myself to, to bend my knee more when I'm pedaling. But that's right. only for a few, few minutes afterward. I would say maybe, oh, my goodness, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago maybe. Maybe even okay. before that. Yeah. Okay. So smart using the bike the way you are, too. I mean, pushing that seat down, increasing the flexion, that's sort of maintenance, right? That's going to keep you from, you know, not that you're going to regress, but some people have challenges for a while with their range of motion, and you want to mm-hmm. ensure that you don't. Right. Uh, right. Smart. Smart move. Do you have other nuggets, thoughts, advice that we didn't cover for future knee patients? I guess my advice would be, try not to put it off very long. I probably put it off a little bit longer than I should have. Not probably I did. And you do, you will experience, or you can experience a little muscle wasting, a little atrophy, just what we call disuse atrophy, use it or lose it. And, you know, you're, you're walking your gait. Uh, just the, you know, your motions or you may not realize it, but you change things to accommodate. And when you're feeling discomfort, you walk differently. <laughs> I would see my reflection in a, a plate glass when I'm walking by a store and I'm thinking, who's that old man? You know, it's because I was not, I had kind of, what do you call it, contracture flexion or flexure contracture. Right, right, I, yes. You know what I'm saying. Trying to sure. Flexion contracture, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can fully straighten my right leg now. I can't my left. But when you're, when you're walking, obviously, you can't really straighten that leg out. But I, I can with my right and soon. You know, I hope to be doing that with my left within the next couple of months. But um, my advice would be, um, yeah, don't. I hope I hope there's nothing I said that would scare anybody because the discomfort. I mean, your pain is controlled. Um, you're going to be given pain medication for uh, the appropriate period of time, and then you can go to uh, a good anti-inflammatory. Uh, a good anti-inflammatory with uh, acetaminophen in combination with more pain relief that's needed is very effective. Um, as a matter of fact, some of the studies are showing that uh, 600 milligram ibuprofen and, you know, I think it's like two Tylenol, what is that, 800 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams is as effective as hydrocodone. Wow. So, yeah. So, but we just have this notion that we need, you know, uh, an opiate uh, because they've been used for years. And it's just, you know, the pharmaceutical companies have done a good job in selling us on these things, including all, a lot of professionals. But um, I would say nutrition is very, very important. I like having uh, 
wine occasionally. I like having a margarita occasionally. Uh, during my rehab, I did none of those things. I just knew that it would inhibit healing. So um, I drank a lot of water. I uh, kept myself flushed out. I took my nutritional supplements daily. I made sure my diet was good. You know, um, I lost weight, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I wasn't overweight to begin with, but you know that took pressure off my <clears throat> off my knee. Um, so, as far as advice to anybody is, uh, you know, find a good surgeon, talk to people, talk to your surgeon, maybe visit more than one. Be sure that you got yourself in as good a shape as you possibly can. You know, we talk about prehab. If there's some way you can do an exercise bike to strengthen your quads prior to surgery, that's going to benefit you greatly. Uh, anything you can do to strengthen your legs is going to help. You'll, you'll just heal faster or you'll feel better faster. And getting back to nutrition is extremely important. Getting quality sleep, that's that's my bag, you know, that sleep is healing and uh, and that's pretty important it's it's a bit of a challenge in the first uh, several nights post-operatively uh, just because positionally in bed you're kind of limited but uh, that doesn't last long fortunately beyond that I'll just say that what I accomplished with the x10 in the 18 what how many days did I have it 18 19 days was probably the equivalent of uh, I'd say at least a couple of months of traditional rehab, maybe even more. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it just seemed to get me where I wanted to be so much faster. And I'm basing that on other people, friends, family members have been through this. It's funny. We talk about a faster recovery a lot, but it's, it's a little bit of an elusive number because you know, we're comparing different people to different people. Uh, sure, sure. When we have someone who didn't use it and then used it, that's when we have a really wonderful direct almost direct comparison to the same human being, different leg. And uh, it sounds like you're going to do this again yeah. sometime in the next 12 months, maybe even sooner. Yeah, probably sooner, maybe mid-spring. I, I mean, I, I know that my left knee needs it. I got a shot of uh, cortisone before I had the right knee done, and that's kind of carried me along that and the anti-inflammatories. But it absolutely needs to be replaced. I feel like you figured it out. You know, if someone's listening to this, wondering how to go forward, your approach, pre-surgery, post-surgery, the nutrition, you've really figured it out. Uh, and I'm not saying the next thing might not be more challenging. Sometimes it, it is, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, but you've, you've got all the pieces in place. You know, maybe there's an opportunity to do uh, more quad work before your next knee, now that you have a, one good knee. I mean, you're, you're, you're halfway there with your two knees. And, um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's a step forward for the, the next recovery, but I'm, um, I'm sure you're going to do great. I'm, I'm positive about that. I'm sure everyone else would, who's listening would say the same. My overall impression of your recovery and your approach has been really putting your mind to it and then putting it into practice. You did enough of the research. You've got a medical background. You've got enough experience with the, some of these factors to work around opioids and to, you know, t tackle the recovery the right way, but but you've got the the other components, the other legs of the stool in terms of nutrition. It feels right, and um, and I'm just very grateful, very grateful. And I'll tell you, it, uh, mobility is everything. Um, when I did the nursing home uh, practice, I that's one of the first things that people, when their health starts failing, they have 
you know, a loss of mobility. And so it's so important to be able to keep moving. You have uh, stepped right into one of our upcoming blogs. In fact, um, we have a nurse on staff, John McKay, and he's written a piece about uh, mobility and longevity and the fact that he has witnessed in person and now in practice coaching on the X10 front, the fact that when you lose your mobility, there's a cascading effect that can really shorten your, your time on this planet because uh, other things start to fail. You're not, the body isn't working the way it should. And, and it's just a, uh, the wrong path to be on. So your efforts and a lot of other people's efforts to get these knees fixed is part of our body that just seems to take the brunt of all the, uh, the weight and the action um, right. is so important, not just for feeling better and getting rid of pain, but for living a longer life. And uh, we're going to be Absolutely. writing about that soon. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Well, I think that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for the time. I, I really appreciate your, your contribution to this, this effort. And um, I, I'd love to, you know, continue to see you recover and maybe we'll see you again on the, on the other knee <laughs> with, with our recovery program. I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank okay. you again. Thank you, PJ. Take care. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, host of two-time podcast awards nominated A Doctor's Perspective podcast. I interview doctors in and out of my profession about their specialties and the occasional non-doctor special guests. But we also go behind the curtain and see what's working for their marketing, overcoming struggles, practical knowledge, book choices, and relationship advice. Join me on any podcast app on your phone or visit adoctorsperspective.net for the show notes pages and free resources. I want you to have an abundant home life as well as a thriving practice. So come on, take a listen. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.